everybody, it's Third Coast Gaming Radio. Today is Sunday, it's uh, December 13th. We're on episode 13. I'm joined by my co-host, Austin Taylor. How are you doing yeah. today? It is I. Mm. I'm doing well. He has risen from his slumber to talk about the Game Awards and Cyberpunk with me. Uh, it's me, it's Travis Doyle here, hanging out. Big week for games. Besides that, man, Disney put out all that Star Wars shit. I was, <laughs> I was, um, I was like adding you on Twitter because I was just like, "What is all of this coming out?" Yeah, like and this is all like on this is all on Thursday. Like so many things happened on Thursday. Yeah, they are all in on Disney Plus. I know this is a video game podcast, but you know, I we t- we talk about movies here too. Yeah, cool. yeah. I. The Marvel stuff too came out. I that Loki trailer is really funny. I was like, oh, it's Owen Wilson just kind of playing himself, which is just what I need. It's fine. Just like they did with uh ha ah, Jeff Goldblum kind of same ish. I'm cool. I, I need Loki to be like a Tom Hiddleston Owen Wilson buddy cop drama. Yeah. Is what I need. That'd be pretty good. Uh, yeah, like they opened with like all their Marvel stuff, and it just like the Marvel stuff I already seen like a lot, but then they got into everything coming from Lucasfilm. Yeah, it's um, they showed some trailers for th- some other stuff. I'm just gonna say I got this Verge article. They announced 52 things for Disney Plus over the next for their next, I guess, five or ten years. It's probably closer to five, but on the Star Wars side, you know, they got Obi-Wan Kenobi with Hayden Christensen coming back as Darth Vader. My boy is coming back. Yeah, you know, will probably be better than episode two. So, bold statement, I know. Star Wars Lando (laughs) is coming too. I'm Um, so excited. Star Wars Andor from Rogue One. I... Is it a prequel or a sequel? I I don't know. Maybe he's alive at the end of that. It could be a sequel. The, or maybe there's... he's... He, I I don't remember Rogue One. Did they... Do you see him getting shot? Well, you no. Know, like, the like the ending for his characters, like him and Felicity Jones's character are, like, sitting on the beach as the Death Star, like, fires on Scarif. And okay. the blast completely obliterates the Imperial base there. Yeah, I forgot everything about that movie because I'm not I wasn't too into it. But yeah, they'll what I, I would call it the Better Call Saul thing where you make a prequel and the actor's a little older, but it's fine because it's going to be a good TV show. If I I like Diego Luna, I think he can hold a TV show. Um Oh yeah. There's a show called Acolyte by the Person who created Russian Doll on Netflix about the High Republic, which I don't. What's the High Republic? The High Republic is like so. As far as uh, it's a setting, I think it's a relatively new one that Disney went ahead and did. It's not like the Old Republic, like Coder, you know. Set two hundred um, years before Phantom Menace. Yeah, so like this is the next setting that they want to really take time, like exploring and setting like stuff. And they've already announced it, a number of books and comics. Yeah, the High I, Republic. Um, I think that setting is more interesting because, in a weird way, the 
the for me the Death Star blowing up from the Turn of the Jedi is kind of the end of the Empire. I mean, I know there's you know those the new trilogy focuses and after it's just not as big. I don't know. I yeah. think the High Republic should be cool. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think like the High Republic is definitely going to be like made by people who think having a hundred Jedi around is like a good thing. Um, when you know. I personally wouldn't get that read. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess we'll see. We'll have to see what they end up doing with it. I I would like smaller Jedi adventure stories. Like there there were some books that were like adventures about Qui Gon and Obi Wan just going and doing missions the Jedi Council sent them on. Yeah, like I remember. Yeah, I read a lot of those as a kid. Yeah. Like they were all. Because there's like a two, it actually was like a, a two part series. Because there's like Qui Gon and Obi Wan, and then there's like later with Obi Wan and Anakin, and it was like between these two, like these two people. One was called Granta Omega, I think, because that's the kind of name that comes out of a kid's Star Wars book. Read, and then uh, spin off Mandalorian stuff, Rangers of the New Republic, and Ahsoka, cool stuff. Rogue Squadron is a movie. Yeah. By the Wonder Woman 1984 director. And a I'm, Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. I'm really excited. I I know Deborah Cho is working on one of these shows. Who is? Deborah Cho. She's a she's a director for a couple of uh the episodes of Mandalorian. Right? So like what we're seeing right now is Let's see what it says. Deborah Cho. I'm trying to remember which one of these she's actually leading. Oh, is she leaving because a show? Well, she's yeah, she's like she's directing a show. It's it's just so much, right? I remember because I looked this up yesterday. I looked all this up yesterday, and <laughs> now I just I think about it, and it's boot news. Um. Oh, Maybe she's she's her. doing Obi Wan. Okay, great. She's leading Obi Wan. Yeah. So like. I think it's really interesting with like where the Mandalorian, like how like a bunch of these directors are like springboarding off the Mandalorian because like now they know how to like direct live action Star Wars. Oh yeah, she directed two episodes of the Mandalorian season one. Yeah, and she did some American Gods and Better Call Saul. Yeah, and now like Filoni, like Dave Filoni, who's like the the animation lead for. Like the Star Wars, like specifically around Clone Wars, is going to be leading Ahsoka, the Mandalorian spinoff. Cool. He's the guy who should do that. Yeah, absolutely. And like, <laughs> he directed the episode where Rosario Dawson like played Ahsoka this season. Okay. And oh, dude. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. I'm no, it's sorry. glad I didn't spoil that for you. It's yeah. a really good episode. Like, cool. it's a real big improvement on like his last foray into directing live action okay. Star Wars. Just so I remember, is Mandalorian after the original trilogy or is it before it is. the original trilogy? Okay. It's after like it's set between original trilogy and like sequel. Okay, cool. Because I, I saw Ahsoka and I was like, is she still alive at that point? I guess yeah, so. yeah, there, there's some stuff that happens in Rebels. Okay. Cool. Cool. Good. And then the Disney Plus is the other stuff is they showed off the Falcon and the Winter Soldier got its full trailer, which I I like those two actors. 
I'm into them doing stuff. Yeah, I think I think Everyone. it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, like I think uh, Falcon Winter Soldier will be fun. I like Sebastian Stan uh, as like Bucky. I think he's like a kind of like I want to say off kilter kind of fella like in there. Or at least he was like in the first couple of movies he was in, but I think he's really like gotten to a groove. Yeah, yeah, he definitely started out as you know he was a bad <laughs> he was a bad guy in Winter Soldier in his second time as their guy, and then kind of came start coming back a little bit. Man, some of the Pixar stuff is coming out too. There's gonna be a Baymax TV show. I think there's a Lightyear. And there's TV. more. Yeah, there's a Lightyear light animated series, um, featuring an origin story, voiced Chris by Chris Evans. Evans, in theaters 2022. If it, if high hopes for 2022 and a vaccine. But besides that, um, I, I love. Did you watch Toy Story 2 with them playing the Buzz Lightyear video game? I did, yeah. I I would take a whole movie of that. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I'm just... You know, I'm glad they replaced Tim Allen, but... Yeah. Yeah. That's really my only real take there. Uh, There's going to be an Alien TV show on FX and Hulu. God, yes. I love Aliens. I see. Give, give me that grunge sci-fi, please. Yeah. Some um, who's the artist for the original one? Geiger, Guitar Geiger. Some weird Geiger's art. Maybe it'll show up in it. Uh, some news. Yeah, Disney Plus going eight dollars a month and keep going strong. Well, you know, that my family and I were talking about this a little bit because Disney Plus is just kind of getting to the point where it's like, hey. You can direct, I mean, yeah, you can directly pay Disney now, but that, like, interaction, more of the profit is going to Disney so they can put it back into their products and TV shows, which they make good TV shows sometimes, and they usually have heart when they do come out with it. And I'm I'm hoping for a Tron, I'm hoping for a Tron TV show, Austin. That's the top, top of the Travis. list for me. Travis, I appreciate the optimism. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's interesting, right? Like, they, they produce, they're producing all of this content. And this is still, like, one of the cheaper subscription services that you, like, you can pay for. I, I don't know, just the volume of stuff. I don't think a lot of these TV shows are going to get more than, like, a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, man, they're just they're throwing stuff at me, and I'm I'm ready to eat. Yeah, and I think I'm most I I think I'm on the point where I'm like I'd be okay with most of these just being one season. I I like a story that'll end. Like I have problems. Like I was trying to go back and watch X X Files, and I would I watched a couple episodes, and it's like I'm never gonna finish this. <laughs> or yeah. um. Next, like next generation, Deep Space Nine. I'm like three seasons in of each, but like sometimes, like a character, you don't need to be in a character's life for ten years because it's usually just them. Whatever the most exciting stuff is, you know. Like an example is like you know most of the Star Trek episodes is like there's usually something bad happening every episode to these characters. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, it's all like serialized, like Star Trek, like is about in specifically the next generation is about like people who are really good at their jobs, like solving problems. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think I like them going, you know, I maybe I'm sure the things that get the most views will end up being the stuff that they make season twos and season threes of. Like, I could see them keep going with Loki and Tom Hiddleston because I think he can carry a show pretty well. From what yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess the thing with like Hiddleston is like he's also been doing this for a while, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm uh, intrigued by WandaVision. It's coming out January 15th. Close. That is. That is the one I'm the most interested in from yeah, like their Marvel slate. It looks yeah. like nothing we've seen before from yeah. Marvel, and I cannot wait. And um, um, from the Star Wars side, I'm most interested in Bad Batch because I didn't really watch a lot of Clone Wars or Rebels at all, but I, th- yeah. I watched Bad Batch. My idea is I'm going to go watch that, and I'll probably go back and watch some of the Clone Wars stuff. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the Bad Batch is, like, they were introduced in the last season of Clone Wars, and, like, the first four episodes is, like, is where they come in, and then they have, like, no bearing on the rest of the series. Um, I think, like, I think Rebels is definitely worth watching, and I think there's a good amount of Clone Wars that is worth watching. Okay, I I Um, heard mixed things about Rebels, but if it, if you say it's, it holds up, I'll probably dip into it. I, I like stuff that takes place in the original trilogy too like yeah i'll pick more of that i think with like rebels is like so much about rebels is like about overcoming like the trauma of like order 66 and like trying to become like these people like realizing that they need to be accountable for the actions that they did in the past like as the series progresses and it still has the vibe of like a disney xd show um but i think it's it's generally speaking a really interesting like Star Wars series. I would say more interesting to me than like the Clone Wars was. Okay, cool. That sounds good. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely dip into it. Do you want to get into the game awards? Unless there's any any hit quick hits from like that list of things that are coming out for Disney Plus. I don't think so. I think I think we've covered everything we need to discuss as it revolves around this just insane amount of content from disney so much so much all right should we talk about the game awards themselves or do you want to talk about the trailers first i think i think we should do trailers i think those are a bit more fun yeah um dude that evil dead there was an evil dead trailer for like a left for dead style game that's coming out oh yeah campbell ready yeah we should also like preface like Game Awards. Also, like last Thursday, big like three-hour event hosted by Jeff Keighley, uh, which was a lot of handing out trophies to people through Zoom calls and uh, blasting some advertisements for games we'll be getting in the future at some point. Yeah, you know, there's a. I keep coming back and forth on being like. Are the trailers good for it? Should it just focus on celebrating it? But I think you get the trailers and you're celebrating forward about what's coming up. And then you're celebrating what happened in the year of. So that's where I land on it. I mean, the thing is, like, you can't think about it a lot. I don't think financially, as it's set up currently, I don't think the show works without the trailers because that's what gets engagement more Mm -hmm. so than 
the award show. Um, like if if it was just Jeff Keeley handing out awards to people, I don't think anyone would be watching it anymore. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's a uh, let me call it. It's a relationship that both parties get something out of. We get to celebrate the good games. And they're on YouTube, and it's a big show, and then we get some cool trailers. Um, let's see. What what else was coming out of that? There was that Dead Rising... Someone from the Dead Rising team is making a new game. It is... Oh, Dead Space? The... Yeah, the Dead Space. Did I say the, Dead Rising? I said Dead Rising. Yeah. I don't yeah, the know. Callisto Protocol. Callisto Protocol. So that seems pretty... Which looks... Into that. Yeah, and like you can already see like some dead space stuff in there. Like it looks like the health bar that the player will use is going to be like an implant in the back of your character's neck. Nice. Let me get the name of the dev. I don't know how many people over. That is striking distance. Yeah, is the name of the developer, and the I guess the lead here is Glenn Schofield. Correct. And that yeah, I'm. I'm into that. Did they show off gameplay from that? I don't think I watched a lot. Of it. No, oh, it was just premiere. the trailer. Yeah, it was the world premiere of like the trailer, right? So it starts with this person waking up in a cell and then being eaten by a monster. Oh, and there's a robot in there too. Yeah, there's also like a malfunctioning robot. Ooh, a monster! Spooky. Uh, there was like, was it bad for blood? I can, I can't quote any game correctly. <laughs> Let's I mean, it's a, pretty, it. it's a pretty generic title. Back for Blood. From yeah, the Left 4 just... Dead creators in Turtle Rock. Hey, you know, yeah. nobody's nobody's doing Left 4 Dead stuff, so. Well, I... I mean, yes, there is. Okay. I mean, there's like, yeah, there's like some, but like nothing with like the pedigree of like... Yeah. The Left 4 Dead team, right? So, also like, of course, Turtle Rock is gonna like make this game, right? Like, they tried Evolve, it didn't work. Yeah. We need a banger, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, stuff they are doing, it's like, you know, there's that um, Stigmar Vermintide one, and then there's... I, I know there's a zombie one, I just can't there, think of it right now. It's World War Z. There's World War Z, that's a third-person one. There's a first-person one, too. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I, is that Dragon Age trailer doing anything for you? I mean, no, because it's... I mean, well, Yes. Right, like it does in the sense that, like, they showed me some pretty locations, and I was like, "Oh yes, please, this is what I want." Um, He's drinking wine over here. Oh my god, this city! Yeah, there's just like this really wow. like dope looking city, and this is definitely in like Taventer, which is like uh-huh. the the mage state of the Dragon Age world. So it's definitely in Taventer. But you just see this like floating tower on this crescent structure. And as soon as I saw, I was like, "Yes, this is what I want to see more of. This give me this game." Um, yeah. What if just what if it's just Night City, but for mages? You know, that's my cyberpunk reference for the day. I mean, it would it would be more interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, um, New Among Us map. It's on a. It's just a giant like. What would you even call this? It's an airplane with the. Um, Spinning turbines like the Avengers have. Yeah, carrier. Like an airship. It's an airship. Dude, Master Chief's in Fortnite. I. Ah, he just looks so good. That trailer was so dumb and I was just way into it. 
Did you, he he just okay. There's like a fish dude walking up to a refrigerator, and Master Chief is just like in the freezer, and he just walks out with like the Fortnite like AR, and it's just like, all right, guys, I'm ready to go. <laughs> and then they're gonna. Someone made a Blood Gulch map too. I don't know. If yeah. I think it was the team of Fortnite, but someone put that up, and you can go play on that in like a custom server. I think I don't think it's on the normal map. Yeah, I think it. I think it's actually. I think Blood Gulch is like something that was a like a community creation of some sort. It was like an independent creation, and I think Epic is sort of is now supporting that in a different mode. Yeah. All right. Let me see. Can you drive the warthog around? Uh, no, but you get a little. Yeah, you get a little warthog. I don't know if you can actually drive it. I think it's a. It's an item or something. I think you can just drive it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there are cars in Fortnite now, but yeah. I also haven't played Fortnite since like its original release. I I haven't jumped on in a while. I I hopped in to check out 2.0, and that's like I think as much as I was playing. Let me see if that. It's just you remember the like. It looks like a mini go kart, and Master Chief just sit crouched down, sitting. Oh. If you get that picture. It's, oh. very, it's a very good picture of Master Chief. He's such a big boy in a small vehicle. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm gonna oh, have to save that I love picture. it. And it's so weird because, like, they made the, the warthog and not, like, the mongoose. You, you yeah. have a small single person vehicle in Halo and you just made the warthog that instead. It's true. They should have given us both, but warthog is very iconic. Yeah, the warthog would be the like, one they start with. If this yeah, is big, I think from what I've been hearing about this is that if you're on PS4, you're gonna you can see you're gonna see Master Chief running around. Their skins carry over in crossplay. I think you can buy them too. Can I buy Master Chief and Fortnite on PS4? I think they're saying you can, which would be a weird. You will be able to use Fortnite and buy it on PS5 and PS4. Same as Kratos. So that's cool. I'll probably buy that. That'll be the one cosmetic I buy, Austin. Is Master Chief. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can see that. Like, this is as, this is as good as he's looked in recent memory, so... And other seven and logo like, stuff. Yeah. Um, this Evil West thing, also a Left 4 Dead game, I think. Another um, one. Yeah, it's another one. I'll take it. Um, it looks, it looks like that. Uh, hmm. There's that Western steampunk movie, Jonah Hex. I'm kind no, of vibes please. from that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Please, right? No reference bad movies here. B, Not, B movies, but you have Not like the, a you have like a gauntlet that like extends like spikes or something that you're punching people with, and you have like a repeater and your pistols. It's just like you have Wolverine claws. It's fine. Yeah, it looks fine. It looks like it'll be. I just like trailer. I'm gonna really recovering from that Jonah Hex pool for a while. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it looks like it looks a bit like 
fun. Like it looks like it once it's just gonna be like a, a good time. Like kill monsters in the dark yeah. fantasy wild west. The idea for me would be make this a PS plus game that people get for free. If it's like a multiplayer thing. Fucking Swedish chef is coming to overcook Tostin. My boy. I love it. That is the boy. That is the mustachio man. Yeah. Uh, I'll, play, I'll play Overcooked and only play as a Swedish chef. Yeah. I will. I will say, like, as I look at all of this at the Game Awards, I think. I think for me, like, the things that, like, do stand out are some of these, like, smaller titles that we see here, like Season which just basically dropped a trailer that immediately hit with like some lo-fi, like like a lo-fi like Zelda playlist I used to listen to when I was like editing stories. I've definitely been in those. Yeah, it's like like the music in this trailer like immediately hits with that, and then like this game aesthetic is just that, fantastic. That open roads or which one is that? This is season. Season. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I'm so gonna... this is right above. Like this is right above Road ninety six. Okay. Um, on this list from compiled by Polygon, and it seems like it's going to be like dealing with like millennial anxiety as as far as it goes. Um, for like the crumbling world that was left us by the people who came before us. Yeah. So that I seems like a good time. The arts in this are really cool too. I hope yeah. you're, it's just. Oh, okay. Here's the gameplay. Yeah, I um, I could use more adventure games where you're not just shooting people. I think that's where I'm kind of been in my life right now. Yeah, the grass looks really good. Oh, this is beautiful. Did they say when this is gonna come out, man? I I don't think it's been it's been formally announced, but. Right Yeah, I, there's no release date attached to this trailer, but I am. Yeah, I am waiting it, for this one. It looks like I, it, I, aesthetically, art speaking, I get like Gravity Rush vibes a little bit off. Yes, I was. I remember thinking that, and for a moment, I was like, hmm, "This sounds a bit crazy." Actually, I don't. I don't know if I do, but like the more I look at just this like few seconds of her walking in this town at the end of this trailer i'm like this i feel like i'm in gravity rush again yeah even though i know you won't be like flinging boulders and people around i'm into this it's just like an adventure it's an adventure game for all ages yeah hey man and then another one so you mentioned this before but we do have open worlds from the team at fulbright who are those developers behind Tacoma and uh, Gone Home? Yeah. Oh, Open Roads. I see. Open Roads. Yeah. This the first person game. It probably is, considering their other two other two projects. Um, but I think like immediately the thing that's very striking to me is the fact that like aesthetically speaking, the people in the car, the mother and daughter in this car and the book that the daughter is holding look very different than like the car they're in or the road that they're on. Yeah. Cause it's like a 3d polygon game and they are hand, like, it looks like um, they're not hand animated, but it's like 2d animation. Yeah. Like a very 2d strike again. 
So it yeah, they look very two D in here. It's cool. Yeah, like the aesthetic is very striking. Just watching them, like seeing them still, is a bit weird. But I think once this gets moving in this trailer, and hopefully within the main game, I think it's very striking. I'm also very yeah. excited to see what they do next because Tacoma was great. Yeah, Road ninety six by the people who make Valiant Hearts. Another one on here. Another road trip game. Um, Man, this one looks. Something about roads. Yeah. People just want to drive again. Yeah. Yeah. This this one's first person too. Yeah. There's a lot of you talking to people on phones, and you're in a, you're in a, whatchamacallit, you're in a restaurant that's getting robbed. Kind of reminds me of like that part in Pulp Fiction. And then. Yeah. Well, like. Stuff going on. It looks like like a choice based thing, right? So, like, it looks like. You know, like if you're walking on the road, you can decide whether or not you take a ride from these two bikers who are wearing masks. And it looks like you're sitting in their sidecar. And then if you do take a ride with them, you get pulled into assisting with a restaurant robbery. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'll agree with you. I'm, I think I'm interested in these indies a lot more than like, I, there, I have a certain high level, high level for like, you know, Master Chief being in Halo or like, yeah, you know, uh, what was the other one I was really, yeah, is the, um, Evil Dead game coming back with that stuff. But yeah, you know, there's a bunch of these games that are not like AAA companies that are closer to indie studios that, yeah, I'm more excited about. Yeah. Endless Dungeon, another one on here. I feel like I've heard of it. I feel like Endless Dungeon is a known quantity. I feel like I've heard of this before. Oh, no, it's. Dungeon of the Endless, never mind. Yeah, this one is like a top-down yeah. crawler. Very, God, this game is also beautiful. A bunch of these indie games are coming out. Good art style is very beautiful. Good physics in this. It looks like... um. you ever play Helldivers on PS4? Yep. Yeah, I did Come for on. like... the week before Bloodborne week, came yeah. out. Same. And then all my friends stopped playing. I was like, oh, I should not play this because I will salt everywhere. That's cool. Oh, hey, we missed the biggest one. The silliest one is fucking Mario getting stabbed by oh getting stabbed by Sephiroth. I feel like that deserves its own episode. Just the iconography of of Mario being <laughs> run through by Sephiroth's giant sword. Yeah, just and spoilers for you know twenty year old game. It's the same like angle that like. Kind of like Eric. No, Eric got stabbed from the back. Yeah, yeah. It's just they didn't like. And it turns out it's just yeah, because there's like a silhouette of Sephiroth and Mario, and it looks like he gets stabbed, but it's actually just like his overalls that are were like he's holding him by the edge of his sword. Very yeah, funny. it's just, it's it's a meme. This is a meme. This became yeah. a meme format in like three seconds. Yeah, they have like Advent Children Cloud over here too, doing his. God damn it, I'm just going to have to buy Seth. The one character I would buy is Sephiroth for Ultimate, even though I don't play it too much. Do you think uh, do you think remakes are ever going to come to Switch? Wow, fancy remake? Yeah, 7 remake. No. No. No, there's no way. Yeah. 
How about it's such, a, the, such a tiny boy? Yeah, how about to the Switch Plus whenever that comes out? Maybe. I mean, you know, if yeah. if they make one that can put it on there, I'm sure that like once console exclusivity is up, because I think it's a console exclusive for PlayStation. Yeah. Like once the exclusivity for the Final Fantasy VII remake is, I'm sure they'd love to port it on whatever platform Nintendo has that can run it. You know who the god, the weird celestial being in Smash Bros. Ultimate is? That oh. he just slashes in half in the very opening of this? No, this isn't like... I don't know like the, the name of this. I know. Of Ultimate, or this entity is like the main villain of Ultimate, isn't it? Yeah, this is like the dude who... This is the thing that shows up and like turns everyone but Kirby into a statue. Yeah. Um, they just open it with him murdering it. Uh, good trailer. Good trailer. All right. Wild. Let's go. Let's go on to the awards. I kind of, I, yeah. I grabbed all the games I wanted to. I don't know if you. Was there anything else oh, on no, the list I that I kind of missed about? No, I'm. Yeah, there's nothing else. Like, there's nothing else that's big, right? Like, we got an announcement for a perfect dark game. Um, we got like a few seconds of a Mass Effect teaser, which. I have, I have nothing to say about it, either of those. Yeah. The um. So the the awards themselves, it looks like Last of Us Two got Game of the Year, and it was up against uh, Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Tsushima, and Hades. And I guess the the people who vote for these, they're all they they get a bunch of journalists to vote for them. Yeah, so my understanding of the voting format for like the main awards for the Game Awards is that they send out like inquiries to several publications, like journalistic publications mm-hmm. uh, that work in games, and then they these publications send back like what they would nominate to like the Game Awards, and then like the people working the Game Awards aggregate these like nominees to see who gets like the most nominees, and that depend and that sort of forms these tickets, and they send like this list like this compiled list back to outlets and then outlets vote on which of these like on this ticket they would vote for right uh at least that's how it's been explained in like the past and this is specifically with the experience of the people over at uh waypoint because to my knowledge they're the only people who actually like speak about who have spoken about like how that works okay and um, yeah I didn't play Last of Us 2, but I could see it being the winner for this. I don't have too many I mean, thoughts on it. I mean, it was always going to be, like, these awards, like, I do have I do have thoughts on yeah, the Game on. Awards. Um, and, like, my thought with these is that these are, these are still, like, even in format and both, like, in spirit of what they want to celebrate, chasing like the Oscars in a really uninteresting way. Like the person to present this year's game of the year award was Christopher Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> it, which was so weird. Cause there's a bunch of, um, like, yeah. gosh, I mean, there's a bunch name? of Hollywood people. Yeah. There's like, there's a bunch of, a bunch of like people. Hollywood types. There's, they got, you know, Keely booked Brie Larson. Um, yeah. Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot uh, Keanu Reeves. They have, yeah, they got like you know, uh, they even got Stephen A. Smith. They even got Tom Holland to do some stuff. Damn. 
Well, like Tom Holland kind of makes sense, right? He's working in an Uncharted movie. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, I completely like Keanu Reeves makes sense because Keanu is in like the year's biggest release. I don't think we can say arguably it is the year's biggest release. And Brie Larson, um, big into Animal Crossing. She's in that Animal Crossing trailer. She talks about it a lot in some interviews. Yeah. I mean, like, sure, like, that's also a thing. But, like, I just, I don't like that. I like how, how much this focuses on, like, Hollywood types, you know, on, like, bringing them in to, like, give some, like, weird legitimacy to this event. I'd much rather, like, developers be presenting these awards in a real way. Like, I would very much rather see, like, yeah, I'll- I'd be much more interested in seeing, like, a John Romero discuss game words and that's not even like something i'm really interested in that's just a name i have at the t- at the tip of my tongue who is more relevant in games to me than stephen a smith um like i would i would you know like have neil Druckmann give someone an award you know mm. he's like the closest thing to like in a director type position or like i i know he has a big game up you know, it's their Last of Us too, but like people in the industry who we know, like Neil Druckmann or like Ken Levine, or like you know, big I don't game producers like that. Sure, and like we can get to like producers, you can get into like you know like uh, developers like within the indie space, like those who like have a more of like a public facing like persona, like arguably better than like getting. Uh, like Yosef Ferries to present award, like maybe get maybe see if you want to get the person who directed Stardew Valley. I, I'm pretty sure he'd say no. He doesn't seem like the type of person to want to do that type of thing. But it would be so much more interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, you know, get someone like him up. I agree. With you. So but then we, he's, the, then guy, we he's the guy who said fuck the Oscars. So you got to bring him in. Every you really year. don't. God, I mean, That's why he's there? It is. It's a part of I history. I gotta think. Like, that's a whole thing. It's a whole separate. <laughs> it's thing. a whole thing. We don't have to get into that. But um, okay. So I'm. I'll frame this in the way. Which ones do? You, what picks do you like out of this? Let's be. Let's keep positive. If uh, I, if I go through like picks that I like, um, I mean, scrolling down the list, gotta find it. Um. I mean, Hades won best indie game. Yeah, it's like, are it's like Hades is the best game like on any ticket it's in. Uh, and that's about that's about the only thing I liked. Like, I look at game of the year and like game direction. I think those are. Mm. I don't have like much of. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't have like much of an opinion as far as like the Last of Us Two for like game of the year, but like, I don't know if a studio that crunches the way that like naughty dog does should win best game direction yeah i'll i'll agree with you on that there should be some response from them talking about that i don't know you know a lot of these things come out and they only want to talk about the positives of it yeah well i mean it's doing the same thing but yeah i'll agree with you you know they should not award people for you know, hurting their de- uh, developers. No, or well, I mean it's part of. I wouldn't call it hurting them, but I, you know, they're overworking them. Hurting, hurting is fine. Hurting works. Yeah. Um, and I think like 
for game direction specifically, we do need to think about, like, we need to refocus, like, what we mean when we say game direction, because I think with this award show, they mean, like, the game was, like, put together and, like, looks really good when it runs, like, when you play it, right? Yeah. I don't think they mean, like, how the project was managed. And I think, like, how the project was managed, someone would, when they, like, I think Sucker Punch does not crunch their employees at all. Let me double check. I, it was either Sucker Punch or someone else. It's Super Giant. Super Giant. Super Giant doesn't. I don't know if Sucker. I don't know if Sucker Punch could say that. Um, Maybe they are. Who? Game. I know the. Um, there's a lot of game series that come out that talk about how they do not do crunch environments for their games. Like that's. Let's see. I know the the uh, the the people who do the Batman games usually don't. They've talked about that. The Rocksteady Studios. Yeah. Hmm. I think IO. I don't know. I, as being a top of the head thing, I don't think I can think of anything right now. But yeah, you know, those would be people who you would give. I would call that game direction. I would yeah, call I would that, like, like, you know, if we're talking about game direction, like, like Anthem not coming to, coming together for the last year, then actually figuring out what that game was. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we need to consider direction as far as, like, more than just, like, what is on the disc and, like, how it's presented to us. We need to understand that direction is, like, this project, this entire, like, multi-year project. Yeah. And I don't know if like the current game awards like sort of environment allows us to like rephrase it in that way or refocus on it in that way. Yeah. Alright. What else is on here that I like? I like the I like Final Fantasy VII getting score in music. I know it's an old score, but them redoing it. Oh well, yeah. I really like it. It's really it's good. pretty well done. Like redo like yeah, it's a really well orchestrated score. Animal Crossing, best family game. I played the game for five months. I haven't been back to it in a while. I still haven't... I was hyping up that Halloween stuff as we were talking about, and I, I, don't, I never did Halloween in it. been busy. Yeah. I'll get back to you. It's alright. I'm just I'm going through everything. Like, Games for Impact mm, still doesn't mean anything to me. Best, best other indie game. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like, but Games for Impact really is just like, these are the indie games that we know people think are really good, but not the but ones we didn't play. Yeah, or um, they're saying something. Yeah, or like, the, yeah, they're outwardly trying to say something yeah, in like which, a way that you don't have to engage with the work in a hard way to understand. Yeah, and I would I hear a lot of good things about Tell Me Why. You were talking about it a couple weeks ago. Sergio was talking about Tell Me Why. Sergio came on to discuss that. He did. Oh, No Man's Sky winning ongoing game. Yeah, go for it. They need. Yeah, they had a, they had a rough launch. I would say so. Like, yeah, like keep every year. We're just gonna keep telling you, like you're doing good. Yeah, I I don't know if I can play that game anymore. It's too much for my lizard brain. But oh, it's entirely too much. It's it was so much. I also played it with you and Sergio. I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on at all. Yeah, he's uh, like you spawned on like a frozen planet that was killing you, and we played. Yeah, 
It's fine. Microsoft <laughs> Flight Simulator, best sim strategy. Like, combine no those two, I guess? That makes no sense to me. I, mm. Maybe just have a strategy category. I don't know if you had to put sim in there, too. One, yeah, like... It's it's a weird thing. These like these are very different games. Like Flight Simulator is very different from any of the other games that are on here. Like these are four strategy games and then Flight Simulator. Yeah. Weird get. I don't And they have an FM they have a I'm not gonna get into them because I don't watch a lot of esports, but they have esports team best esports esports team, esports host, esports game, esports event, esports coach, esports athlete. So they're kind of getting them in there. Best multiplayer game among us. Full, full in favor of that. A free game. It's like a... It's like someone took the idea of like playing Avalon or one of those games and made it into a board game. Into a video game. Which is cool. They made it into a board game and back into a video game. Yeah. I'm gonna... Are you ready for the Among Us board game to come out? Awesome. They're reverse engineering. I mean, they're gonna make it. Yeah, those probably exist in a way. I'm sure that there's like a way that those exist in like outside of things like Secret Hitler. You know? Yeah, I've I've done one where you can do it at a bar. I don't mean God. What's my brain? I did. I was at a bar and there was some guy we were doing it outside. It was like outlaws and like something else. But you can do it in like a roundabout like or you're just talking with people we didn't even have a board game for it we were just like one guy was like the sheriff and he'd be like oh these guys died at night yeah who do you think the outlaws were oh yeah and then yeah yeah because you have yeah like outlaw that's like it sounds like a variation on werewolf which is like a similar game where you like sit in like a circle and you have cards that determine roles and like two one or two people are like werewolves and have to like decide to who they're killing every night you know and you have to find out who's the werewolf before uh they take over like too many like they think they kill too many villagers yeah because if the werewolves eat everyone they win and then if the oh, village yeah. wins then they take over all right uh, any other game award stuff on there i think i think we've i think we've sort of said all this stuff here um jeff keely had some cool shoes Oh, I didn't see his shoes. Let me look at They were Google very shoes. They were very blue. They they stood out. Um but that's about someone, someone joked that they look like Sora shoes from Kingdom Hearts or something. I mean they really stand out. He's wearing a suit, right? And he's just yeah. wearing tennis shoes. Yeah, business casual, is that what they call him? Yeah, he's just hanging out, you know. Yeah, gotta love your shoes. Are those the PlayStation shoes or something? Or are they just they might be blue ones? I, I mean, ones. I don't think it's the PlayStation shoes. Anyway, um, we got some CD Projekt Red stuff to go through. Yeah, we got some. Now we got some real news. Yeah. Um, the couple things to sum up: this game came out hot. They wanted to put it out for Christmas, and I think close enough to games come out early access now I, I'm without them calling it that most of these games aren't done it's a little buggy like a Bethesda game 
I'm playing it on an Xbox One S, and it looks like I'm on low or medium, like quality settings on like a PC to be comparative. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm going through it right now on a PS4 Pro, and you know, it it looks like kind of a little bit under what I can get on like medium on a PC. Yeah, and I think I have this. I brought this one up for Jason Schreier. Originally, they the um, there was going to be a bonus structure based on getting a ninety on Metacritic, but I think oh how hot this game is coming out, they got rid of that after how buggy it was. Which yeah, I so... don't think you should have bonuses based on Metacritic. I know that the New Vegas thing came out, and they were like three points away, and the people at Obsidian didn't get a bonus because of it. Just like you're you're crunching these people, you should pay them more because they're working way harder, not because you get a ninety on Metacritic. Been work because this game's they've been working on it since what twenty twelve, probably a little earlier in twenty twelve. Yeah, so like, it was announced. They announced that they were like making a bid and had gotten the license to use the Cyberpunk twenty twenty uh, property. In 2012, and they released the trailer for 2077. 2013, they announced that they were putting the project together like a couple months later at like E3, and they were describing like basically they hadn't yet, I don't think, produced anything with about The Witcher 3 yet. So in a real way, Cyberpunk 2077 was the first time that CD Projekt ever talked about really making a large open world RPG. Yeah, um, in the vein of like a Bethesda RPG. Yeah, like the similarities I have felt. In the first like five hours, I played it this game four hours. Well, it used to like the vision that they were selling us on, they sold me on in high school, definitely, was um, that this was going to be like, you know, unlike anything we've ever seen, it was going to like contain that sort of freedom that you get in the tabletop. Like you could play as, like in the tabletop game, you can play as like a rock star, you can play as a journalist, you know, and their selling point was that you, they would replicate that. Uh, these classes and that like play style in 2077. Well, of course, like... then it went silent. Sorry, go for it. And then it went silent as like The Witcher 3 production mm. like had to ramp up. And then like once The Witcher 3 was out, released in 2015, they could get back to 2077. And that's when we see like specifically like this mercenary story that they want to tell with Yeah, which is like the narrowing. Because you start out with a project being wide, thinking about what you want to do with it. And then it yeah. narrows to make a video game out of it. You see that a lot with stuff. Oh yeah, it if, had to happen. If this sells well, I it hope did. it. I haven't looked at the sales too much. I saw eight million pre-orders. I haven't looked at anything besides that. But I think we're gonna see this property come through more. And I hope they will focus on other stuff besides mercenary, because that's that's been. I'm getting, I'm kind of getting tired of going into people's apartments and shooting people. Yeah, I know that's I like that's... A, such a gameplay thing is connected to being a first-person shooter or something because you're fighting people. But I don't know. That's what we were talking about with the game award stuff, where there's that open-world exploration game. Anyway, yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of like where they landed, right? Like I'm sure going off of like it's it just allows them to make like a air quote like engaging game and kind of like focus on a specific thing so that's how you just get 
a mercenary story with like using the three technically three classes that exist in 2020 as like starting life paths instead of classes that you can then build off of. Uh, I will say as far as its sales goes, they've already reported that they've more than uh, like uh, basically paid for the cost of development for this game. Okay, that's good. And um, so, sorry, that doesn't account for like I don't think it accounts for advertising. Yeah, I was about to say advertising too. And then I think I I saw I just loaded it up because there was a patch that came out uh, yesterday. I think it was the um, Saturday, the twelfth of December. The sixteen gig patch. It looks about the same. It still looks like it's about a low sign. It looks like someone took some Vaseline. And smeared it on my uh, monitor while I'm playing. That's kind of everything. Looks it looks like a game that sh- is a PS5 Xbox Series X game. Yeah, like there's going to be a version of that game that exists specifically on the con- on those consoles, and it's going to be like probably on par with like a a higher, maybe like a high end sort of uh, yeah. PC. Not like Ultra, but like somewhere like between like mostly medium or like high and uh, high settings on PC. But as uh, like a consumer I got Cyberpunk because I saw that they have free Series X PS5 upgrades. So I was like, yeah. okay, I'm going to play a little bit of this cuz it's new and I want to look in that Cyberpunk world like I I'm a big fan of Ghost in the Shell and the cities look so similar. There's these crowded, like Japanese-looking infrastructure cities, where there's roads and high buildings everywhere, and it's cluttered. And I'm—I know I'm getting a Series S, so I'm—I'll probably play more of it on a Series S. But like, you have to be like a smart consumer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, looking at, but getting back to this uh, bonus story about their bonus structure at CD Projekt, did you? Did you get to this part where they're discussing like the bonus structure they had in place? I did not. What's up? Where okay, so the bonus system at CD Projekt used for developers working on Cyberpunk 2077 was complicated. Tokens. Every month, team leaders at the company gave out tokens styled after the studio's logo, a red bird, to members of their team they felt deserved honors, according to three current and former employees. Uh those tokens would have been transferred into bonuses if the game met certain criteria, like critical acclaim and a timely release. Um, that is disgusting. Yeah. I hate this. Yeah. Like, it's like I give a token to the graphics team because they're making this look really good. And if the reviews talk really good about the graphics, we'll pay you out for that. I don't like that at all. Yeah, so it's like specific employees. Like this is like when when people talk about like the game industry and like crunch as a culture, this is what they mean. Yeah. Um this is gross. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's nothing there's nothing that says like they're not going to do that again. Of course, we can't really trust them not to. Yeah. But and this is the interviews coming out, you know, Jason Shire was probably talking to people who didn't reveal their names, and but like, I'm sure we're, we're going to get more of these stories coming out. I I know we are because it after Red Dead came out, there was a bunch of stuff coming out about their structure and how they were talking about 
how if I, you know, what was the quote is that, like, one of the houses was like, oh, I'm crunching, and then other people are crunching with me. Yeah, it was, uh, I believe that was an interview with one of the, ha- with Dan Hauser on Vulture. Yeah. And he, like, was uncritical, like, it was a terrible interview because he was, the reporter was so uncritical of, like, that statement specifically. But, like, he did say that, like, yeah, he was working, like, 100-hour work weeks, him and, like, the rest of the team. And then he later, air quote, clarified, uh, stating that it was, like, him and a select group of, like, story uh, focus people. Yeah. And the, um, I don't know. There are these big open world games that are really ambitious. It's usually those ones that are, you hear a lot about the crunch stuff coming out of. Like, Red Dead Online, Red Dead Redemption 2, it is a beautiful game. I don't, it's never worth it for those people, though. I, w- I would say that for any industry, like, you should consent to that. And if you're not okay with it, you shouldn't be made to do that. Well, yeah, it's it. I think it's like we need to do like better than like having them than asking like for developers to consent to like the idea of like crunching. And if they don't want to, then they don't have to, right? Because because you're ultimately, if you're passionate about something, kind of like end up crunching yourself unintentionally, right? Like I know. I've definitely done this with like newspapers, you know, like in reporting, I've done this unintentionally and like, and I've been like admonished for it by bosses. Like we need to actively work to keep that from happening. And that's why you get like stories like with what Supergiant does, which is where they don't let people look at like their work email after hours and they force people to take vacations. Like you need uh, a management system that actively encourages workers to remove themselves from their working conditions. Okay, yeah. Speaking a little too fast, there. I'll agree with you. Like, I, I've had to take. I'm taking time off next week. <laughs> I've, I don't. I only work 25 hours a week, and that's been a lot for me. So I, I don't. People shouldn't work over 40 hours, unless. I don't even know if it's unless <laughs> there are times when it comes up. I don't know. Tough situation. Yeah. Very. I feel like the mm, world we live in. Yeah. But they should. It's, people shouldn't work over forty hours. But yeah, I've watched my mom do it like our whole life, pretty much. Because you know, single mom paying the bills. Yeah. It's oh man, it's almost as if this is this is a feature, not a bug of capitalism. Um, but we probably shouldn't dive anyway, down that road. It's alright. Yeah, we can we can cut it there. It's cool. Um, there was the someone at Game Informer had a epileptic seizure from Cyberpunk. Yeah. I think it was it was saying it Leon was red Rupert? and white flashing of the screen. Yeah. So this is um this is a sequence that I I know that they've made some changes to. I'm not entirely sure what the changes are right now. Like the last update for cyberpunk that they did was about addressing the brain dance sequence, uh, which is something that I like you told me about where you are, you'll get to pretty soon where you in these, all of cyberpunk 2077 is in first person, right? He's in this first person camera. So what happens is, is you sit uh, in this chair in this specialized uh, building that is essentially a 
future brothel and a character by the name of I already forgot her name. Uh, a character walks up to you and puts a device on your face. And this device is eerily similar to a device that doctors use to trigger uh, epileptic episodes in people who, to see if people are like uh, at risk of epileptic seizures. And yeah. in that sequence, the lights used are these incredibly vibrant and like strong reds and whites and they flash like very and they like they flash at you repeatedly and it's very dangerous for people at risk of epileptic epileptic episodes especially like you know hey someone who works for game for her name their name is uh liana rupert and they experience what they call a grand mall seizure yeah which is a generalized seizure that purses bilateral and convulsive tonic Muscle contractions, and that is not good. Don't I look? I understand. Cyberpunk game. This is someone's idea that they had. This is not a good idea. It's not cool to give people seizures. Don't fucking do that shit. Like, there's this thing about this game. It wants to be very edgy. Jeff Gersman was talking about this a lot about John. It just wants to be. So cool and in your face about how violent this cult society is, how extreme everything is, and they're trying to make these experiences in. But don't do that. You don't like. There was a reason seizure warnings were on video games because people are very sensitive to lights, very bright lights. Yeah, crazy. And like the thing to note here is like you know, uh, you know. Uh, while in this during this process, you know, a CD, a Rupert did follow like CDPR did follow up with Rupert, and I'm not saying this to like give them credit um, necessarily, because the thing that happened here is they followed up with Rupert, and Rupert was later on Twitter saying like talking about uh, being followed up on with CDPR and was talking to people about it, and a lot of what she was hearing from CDPR on Twitter, I'm trying to find the specific tweet here, but what it sounds like is that they just didn't understand right like didn't understand why this was bad like they did not design cyberpunk with the idea of like accessibility in mind in a real way and that is really gross and like bad and like you said this is the biggest game of the year it is one of the five biggest games of the year this is people who are excited about it we'll get into people being too into this game in a little bit, but like, there's this game's got some problems. Yeah, and it just it sounds like, um, it's just it. This just shows the importance of designing with accessibility, like from the get go, because there are also like a lot of people who have spoken about this game. Like I know I've seen like a thread on Twitter with one person talking about how he can't like access the game without assistance because he can't remap controls mm-hmm. um and like the like more said, this game, i think this game come out half-baked i think there's a bunch of stuff missing they should have taken i don't know i don't think like, the, would another year or two have helped this i don't know They're i don't think so in so deep with certain things that they need to put it out or like 
like kind of early access so much of cyberpunk and this isn't even talking about like the glitches in the game it's just like so much of cyberpunk as it has to deal with how it handles representation of like uh or the marginalized as well as like its accessibility problems it just i don't think like another year would have helped them make it better in that way because i yeah. don't think they were actively thinking about making it better in that way yeah there's a certain vision for this game and there's like what the i will call is probably it's probably not you know, a 700-person team, but I'm I'm sure they have a pretty big team working on this. We're all trying to get certain things done. You know, I'm kind of rambling, but I they got to put this game out. <laughs> and it sounds like they just wanted to get this out. They wanted it, and they're going to keep patching it. People are going to keep working on it. Yeah, they're going to keep working on it and stuff. And like speaking as we were like here and discussing like this game's like accessibility and such i will also say like has this game been like stressing your eyes as you played it um not too much i i'm i sit relatively far away from my tv and my tv's kind of small uh yeah too much their development team is about 500 so that's i think that's pretty big compared to like i think other i mean it's like the whole studio right so like yeah yeah it's it's pretty large um, oh, Red Dead Redemption Two was over three thousand, apparently. Yeah, well, okay. well, that yeah, that's a different comparison. They've been making games for a long time, and they're a really big studio. But... Yeah, and they also have like multiple. They have multiple studios. Um, or CD- yeah. CDPR does have two, yeah. right? But like one of them is relatively new. I think the LA studio has been open for less than like two years. But like as I've as I've been playing like Cyberpunk, like I think it's the saturation of color. But like my eyes are getting tired. As I play that game, so like I cannot, I cannot like been like sit with that game for a long amount of time before like my eyes just feel like really like kind of like annoyed and like kind of in pain. So like I have to actively work to wash out the color of that game and also turn off subtitles because they're all in this very bright blue font. And the city's pretty big too. Like if the city's busy enough, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I, th- I think if I had a console, I- I've noticed maybe a little bit. But I think if I had like a Series S or a P, a really high end PC, it might be different because like I think if the the graphics were a lot sharper, it might not be as much. I don't know. Just spitballing here. Um, it could be. What what other stuff was coming out of Cyberpunk? Um, that I'm hearing about. I think that's a there. There Ooh. was the reviews on Gamespot. I don't know if you want to get to that yet, but. We can, I think, um, as far as everything we've we've discussed quite a bit with Cyberpunk, I think we can move on to the the meltdown that people had over a seven out of ten. Talking into it, it's so okay. So Callie Plague, Plog, I believe is her name. She's a reviewer of Gamespot. She used to be with IGN. She left because of some bad workplace practices and some other stuff. Um. She, she gave this a 7 out of 10. She played on PC. They put out a statement saying, yeah, she played it for 50 hours. Um, I didn't get to watch. GameStop put up like a 40 or 50 minute discussion. It was her and Lucy James. I think it was Tamor Hussein as well. Did you get to take a look at that? I don't I remember who was on there. I'll take a look at the video and see if I can find who was on there. But while I'm talking about it is, you know, she talked about a lot of it 
It was very buggy. Um, she played a female nomad, specialized in hacking, and was dealing with the Deus Ex thing, where it's like you go this stealth route, and then you end up like fighting a lot of bosses who you have to shoot. You know, that's like a common criticism that comes up out of these like lots of choices, but these are the actual choices you should make. Yeah. And, like... So she gave it a seven out of ten. The internet. A lot of people, there are a lot of communities on the internet who kind of lost their shit after this. Like, there's a, there's, I, okay, I look up GameSpot Cyberpunk, and there's reaction videos to people, like, not being into this. And here, there's someone doing what we're doing, is they're reacting to, the, the biggest one I'll point out is there's a channel called The Quartering. I don't know the guy's name. I've seen him come up. He usually has very bad takes. On... I call him Jeremy. Yeah, he has very bad takes on people who gives reviewers. He his title of his video is "Terrible Cyberpunk Review Busted." She didn't even play the game. Gamespot is a joke. That's the title. I watched the video because I wanted to get into what his points were. And his points were she, at one point in their like forty minute discussion, she's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't play a lot of the side." quest i mostly was main pathing through the story which if you have a big enough game like this that you are reviewing and that these you know GameSpot and ign want to put these out at launch like most people usually will do that yeah and we also need to mention that like the turnaround period that they had for this review was not long they did not have a particularly long amount of a particularly like long amount of time with this game yeah they had like a little my understanding is a little over a week Oh, here it is. One second. So it's Jake Decker, not Tamar Hussein, who was on the GameSpot interview with them, where they were talking about it. Okay. But yeah, the turnaround time for these, you know, the, these people are working very hard to put out these reviews as well. And so the video review came out, and they turned off the comments on the video, video review. It's I read the review fully because they put out the written one first because of um, there was like certain criteria cyberpunk that CG Project Red was saying for people. Yeah, about you could like not... you can't use game footage for initial reviews on this day, but yeah. after this, you can use the footage you captured. And so they turned off comments for this, and it's sitting at nine k views like and thirty k disliking. And I think her Twitter right now is kind of like reply only of friends I have kind of waiting for this. It sucks that there's such a discourse like, you know, we, we've seen, we talked about the Battlefield 5 thing where the trailer came out and everyone was, there's a lot, there's certain groups of people who, what they would say is like review bombing or disliking videos because of negative reactions to like the game industry type of stuff. And this being like game reviewers, like these people are trying to put out information from the experience of a game that they got that is trying to help people. Like this, this game's pretty buggy and it doesn't run pretty. Even on a PC, there's a lot of bugs. You know, what do you think? Well, I think like to say to talk about bugs is like to address like one very minor part of Callie's review. Yeah, like so much about her review does 
is like about the fact that she wanted to play as like a stealthier like uh net runner and the game still kind of puts you in this position where you have to be okay with and want and interested in unloading on people with like not particularly interesting gun combat also a lot of like her review is about how the side quests that she played are so much more interesting to her than what's in the main story yeah in like, and like you know in a way where what's in the side quests presents like a v that is so much more interesting than the v that's allowed to exist in the story as well as how this game handles like the representation of the mar- of marginalized groups uh as a first like you know like different uh, ethnicities like within night city that are around in the environment as well as like a uh, as well as like a trans people you know uh, and like that is her review is really good like she is the reviews editor at GameSpot, and she's in that position for for a reason. She's really good at what she does, and this review is solid. Yeah, and I just think there's just like groups of people on the internet who just want to go after people who are putting down their their cherished thing. That's like going to, you know, it's like yeah, you know, people have been waiting, you know, seven years for this game or whatever, and They want this game to be really good because they want. I'm not like legitimizing this, but I can see this being. Well, they want to feel someone like disagreeing with their review, but you shouldn't go target them on the internet because of that. Yeah, they want they want to feel validated for being a fan, right? Like they want to feel validated for being excited about this game for eight years. They want to feel like they didn't um, like waste like brain power letting this game live rent-free in their brains for eight years, you know? Um, and, I mean, the fact that people are like really concerned about that is... I don't want to be too dismissive about it, but I think stupid and yeah. like silly because this is, in the end of the day, a product being made by a multi-million dollar corporation. Like well, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is not yeah. going to change the world. No, people are very um they're very attached to their products that make them happy. People are very attached to Star Wars and we saw it with Ryan Johnson too. People did not react very kindly to Ryan Johnson after Last Jedi. Neither did um who is the actress who got Pretty sure she got death threats. Callie Play got death threats from like one of her Pokemon reviews too, which is like the wor- dumbest fucking thing. Yeah, people on- like so- Callie. Callie was getting death threats. Um, within like we were just talking about Game Informer's um, uh, the Game Informer article about the epilepsy uh, risk in Cyberpunk. Uh, Rupert uh, Leonet was getting was people de- were DMing her videos like meant to like with uh, triggers to set off epileptic seizures. Yeah. You know, and, and she didn't even, like, publish a, like, opinion about the game and how it was bad. She just published a PSA about, like, hey, you should really be on the lookout for this sequence in the game that you can't skip because it yeah. could cause an epileptic episode. And people were basically, people were trying to murder her. Yeah, and I Kelly Marin, Kelly Marie Tran from Last Shadow was getting a bunch of hate 
from like her portrayal of her character in Last Jedi as well. Like there's like so much hate towards like women in like these circles of like what I would call is like culture based around like movies and video game culture. Because they I wouldn't say they're dominated by like men, but they're usually like very outspoken men who target these people. I'm sure there are women who target these people too and you know, anyone. But it sucks. Yeah, so that's my just... kind of the stuff I wanted to talk about for that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like the culture that like games as an industry have cultivated is is disturbing. Yeah, and people use outrage to make their YouTube channel successful because it's easier to react to someone else's content than make something of your own. Yeah. It Yeah, we've seen that like people are like people are drawn to it's like it's very easy to draw people into like a negative discussion about something. Like that's how like, you know, I wind up going through high school and like early college as like a big fan of things like um uh Jim Sterling and like the Angry Joe show. And like those aren't like those aren't as toxic as say uh our our the little our little friend Jeremy here. Uh but but they are nonetheless like fueled by anger. It's not great. No. All right. Well, I think on that, do you want to take a quick break and come back? Yeah, we can take a break and come back. Hey, welcome back. We're back from our break. We got a couple more news stories we're going to run through. Um, first thing I got up here is uh, Control has sold 2 million copies following November being its best month of sales. Mm, you love to see it. Love to see it. I think this is coming out after the Ultimate Edition. Yeah. Was yeah, so being released. Like, yes, yeah, so it's like pretty much a direct result of Control being released on Steam uh, as like the Ultimate Edition, as well as just like the Ultimate Edition's uh, release on every other platform. Yeah, and I bought this game in November. On It was on sale on Xbox because I had sold my physical copy because I want the Series S version, Series X version of it. And I was like, okay, I'll rebuy it. It was on sale. I think it was like $10. Yeah, it's... I did not... I didn't buy the Ultimate Edition. I probably should have looked for it during Black Friday stuff because I am interested in, like... I've never played that game's DLC, and I really want to. Yeah. I think it was under $20. I don't remember how much I picked up for on Xbox. It probably was. Ugh. Which was cool. I'm I, I'm glad I did. I I think I got to the first boss in that, and I was like, ah, oh, this kind of runs okay on my 1S. I'll wait a little bit. It's the same thing as Cyberpunk. It's like, the, the, both of these games are like things I want to play on next generation, so I'm kind of buying them now, play them later. That's usually, that's the thing I do a lot. Like, I, I bought Tsushima... And didn't play it for a couple months until I like was in the mood to play it. Yeah, like this, and I'm just now I'm just looking at control screenshots, and this is dangerous. 
yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> looks good. Like this game has looked good always. It's just like the performance on last gen consoles. Like even on a even on a PlayStation Four Pro, like it was fine most of the time. But every time you'd come out of a menu interface, the game would just stutter for a couple minutes. Yeah. And still really hard for me to get, find an Xbox Series S, as it turns out. Yeah. People are scooping those up and reselling them s- still, so... Yeah, no, it really sucks. Whatever. Yeah. I know Jeff Bacalar from CNET was going to interview someone he... A friend of his, like, someone they... A friend of a friend they knew was scalping these. I thought it was, I thought initially I thought it'd be interesting to hear them talk about it, but I don't know. It kind of sucked. It sucks for people that are like wanting to get these consoles and have to wait till like six months from now when the next run comes out. I don't have like much of any patience for scalpers. I think really just the thing to do is to, is to like wait, because the thing about scalpers is they need to sell like, their in- inventories, what we'll go ahead and call it, um, they need to sell that immediately, right? They can't, they can't really afford to wait long, so like they have to post that up immediately. But like as new consoles are going to come in, like if you need to end up buying from like a third party source, um, they're going to become a lot cheaper pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. They're still going to be like overpriced because that's how they make money. Um, but eventually, there will come a point where they will like. Be as be relatively close to uh, market value. Yeah, and that's usually you know it's kind of like a thing about living in our society is that like yeah people are going to flip this stuff and try and get as much as they can because the system allows it, and it's still a product like you you can people can wait for it. I know it just that's usually what happens, and like you know we we're talking about capitalism earlier, and that's usually like. The company wants to sell their products, and people buy them. And there's not really a the people who are the middlemen are the targets and the WalMarts and the um, GameStops and the Best Buys who have to kind of sort it out. I think I would watch a video of them talking to someone, but it's like the way you frame it. It's like, yeah, people are doing this and make money off of it, but it's it can hurt it. You know. It is getting away from the people who want to buy these for their kids for Christmas, you know. That's usually what happens is people wait a couple months. I think it's probably happened with technology a lot. Yeah. More recently occurring because people can flip these on eBay and like Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, we also have like, you know, smaller quantities of this stuff. Yeah, COVID right now, too. They're not putting out as much. Um, let's see what else I got. Uh, there was this Halo Infinite come out. It was like the beginning of the week last week. Was that they had confirmed the date for it? My, I think my browser just look stopped loading. It's fall twenty twenty one is when they're talking about Infinite coming out. So I, you know, I hope a year is enough for them to get this stuff good. Yeah, I like I, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty. I was pretty lukewarm on like the infinite gameplay reveal, but like considering the conversations people have been having around it, I guess I'm like more optimistic than most. Um, but I think by like 2020, by like 2021, uh, I think there could be something, something yeah. really interesting there because like, we already see like the art that they're sharing, like 
right now I'm seeing this, I'm like, I kind of want to play this game. This rocket launcher looks good, Austin. Yeah, this this rocket launcher, man, I want to blow someone up with this. You know, I, uh, I know, I know, I was talking about being done with guns, but like Halo, at least you know you're shooting aliens, and I'm I'm a little disconnected from it because like it's not humans in like a crime ridden city. It's just like my sci fi fantasy. Yeah, stuff. I will say it's, that a, it's a little different. The map, the multiplayer map that they've shown off, looks like a. I, there's nothing to support what I like this read, but this does look like a reworked like Halo Three map. Yeah, looks like Foundation. Is that what it's called? I think so. That, it looks cool. I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, there's looks, a sniper rifle. The sniper art is up too. Yeah, the sniper art's here, and then they have all the armors. And oh man, armors look really good. You think they're gonna uh, get rid of the clanking noises, Austin? Probably not, but I, I can live with it if the armor looks this good. Like. Dang, you know, military fascists, I don't like them, but they make some cool-looking stuff. Hey, Stormtroopers look cool, as it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a... Same vibes. Uh, these ones, see, I like it... The first two of these, they have, like, the they have the white, and then they have the, the colored black and red accents. Like, I, I do that a lot in, like, character creators and stuff. And then they... What I will call is the N7 Spartan, who's black yeah. with a red stripe down their shoulder. Yeah, I was always like, oh, this is Mass Effect on to me. Yeah, alright. My computer's not dealing with the internet very well right now, but um, there was that other one... There's the other article I sent you. It looks like it was like a Inside Infinite from Halo Waypoint. I guess this is um, 343 Studios' website where they kind of want to talk about the graphics and art update. Because a lot of people on their team were talking about, hey, the trailer came out. People were saying the graphics weren't up to what they wanted to for like... Because this game is originally going to be like... The Series S, Series X, like launch window game, while still working on the Xbox One and One X hardware. So like, it didn't look that good. And they took the criticism, which there was some bad criticism, but there was some good stuff. It's like, yeah, we want to make this the best looking game we can make. So they're taking another year. They're working on that. They're probably gonna work on finishing the game too. Making sure the multiplayer is good for people because it's coming out free to play, and we are in the middle of COVID. So, hey, Halo's taking the time to make the best thing they can. It's a big, big game. Lots of people want it. I'm really excited for it. Free to play multiplayer should invigorate that PC and Xbox audience. Oh yeah, like I. I don't know, man. Like it's it's a really weird thing to be hopeful for Halo, and like considering that like they've kind of whiffed it with their last two endeavors. But, like I, I like what I'm seeing yeah. a lot. It's not. It's like the other Halos were groundbreaking at certain degrees, and then like four and five were what I would call Halo games, just regular Halo games that didn't push too much. But that you know. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for Infinite. It can do... I think what they're going to do is this could change the landscape a little bit where we've seen Apex come out free. A lot of people were playing it. They want to do their services model 
for Halo Infinite and just kind of do what Fortnite and Call of Duty are doing, where they're just updating their multiplayer services for people. Which is like different enough from their regular $60 release accessibility. Yeah. Free. Yeah. I just I don't know, I just look at this armor and I'm like, man, Halo. <laughs> this is Halo. Yeah, uh it's good good looking Halo. Um, we got we got more news about yeah, the Halo regarding its its monetization practices. Oh yeah. They they were saying no loot boxes, right? Yeah. I pulled the article right now if you wanna run through them. Yeah. Yeah, so they're you know they're talking about this. I think this is part of this direct, this sort of I don't want to say I shouldn't say direct. It's like a whole format, but this like inside infinite deal is that they were discussing the monetization and what they're saying is is like they will offer like pay like you can pay for cos- cosmetics, but they're not going to do loot boxes. So you're not going to get like random drop of uh, items and content. Good, because loot boxes very addicting as it turns out. Yeah, I had problems with them. I had to. I didn't do it too much. I was like, "Oh, I need to cut this off. Not gonna buy any more loot boxes." Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a I'd real like buy the item. Right. Like, I'm glad that I never played. Um, like, I never got to play Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. Uh, like online with like money in my bank account. Because if I if I did, I, I would have been buying stuff, and it would have been bad. Yeah. Um, and like loot boxes, just have they have always seemed very dangerous to me. And that's part of like why I just I don't get close to games like Overwatch. Yeah, and I thankfully I've been. Oh, you. I'm like able to like. I've been playing multiplayer games for a while, so I'm I was used to leveling up and just getting them for free and I never You might have cut out a bit. Paid for stuff. I think I've talked about it before. The only time I put a, okay. what's going on? Am I cutting out? Okay. Well, I'm still here and Craig is still recording. We might be alright. My computer's just acting up a little. But um mm-hmm. yeah, I I bought a speeder bike in Destiny. I tried throwing thirty dollars at that, and then I got some Titanfall mobile game stuff where I was trying to get some good Titans. And I think that's about as many loot boxes as I picked up. Oh, and Clash Clash Royale. Yeah, and I like like good the one and done purchasing because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk I'm gonna find a way to talk about this again. Uh, because it's like what Titanfall did, and I've always kind of held that that can be a really good model for monetization, um, as long as it's put into like a profitable game yeah all right what do we got after that Austin? well we have some news regarding xbox game pass and it's Ah, supposedly coming to ios in spring of next year which is wild like i just i find it very surprising that like apple is going to open up like its platform to Game Pass. Yeah, that is pretty wild. What's going on? All right, everything is cut out. My computer doesn't want to load. 
Hey, I'll be right back. I'll let you talk, do some talking for a bit. I'm going to try to see if I can sort out this computer thing. As it turns out, Apple iOS will allow people to sort of, you know, cloud stream games to their phones uh, through through their Apple devices uh, through Game Pass sometime in spring. Uh, It's only been available on Android up until now. Let's see. Oh, and it's apparently it's on the browser, so you don't need to go through the App Store to use it. Uh, let's see. Previously, Apple said cloud-based gaming services like Project X Cloud would be required to link individual games for purchase from their own App Store pages. So they seem to have completely they seem to have opened up their cloud service here. There are still some hurdles that they need to, you know, get past. Uh, because Apple wants to make sure that they have control. But it looks like, you know, Microsoft has done enough, or at least it's working for them well enough that they can just go ahead and buy, you know, buy their plan date of spring 2020. Do they actually have a date? Or is it just spring 2021? Yeah, it just looks like spring 2021. They'll be able to get their service working on the Apple iOS, which is just, I don't, it's huge. Their ability to get this service onto a multitude of platforms is going to be what keeps Game Pass, like, on top of whatever Sony's next, like, answer to Game Pass it is. Because I don't think Sony is going to be able to replicate the, replicate the, uh, I want to say accessibility. These are mean something different, but the the reach of whatever their Game Pass solution is. Comes with some plan expansions. The countries like Australia, Brazil, Japan, and Mexico. There's no date on that. No updates to Game Pass Ultimate membership. So yeah, this is really just... They get to put this on Apple stuff, so... Yeah, so part of... What Apple announced previously is that they is that users would need to like tie per, like their Game Pass stuff to like specific apps and like individual games like on the iOS store. Yeah, and now they just seem to be able to do that could, from yeah. XCloud from XCloud like on its own, which is like Microsoft's big thing is they don't want people to be going in between Apple apps. Yeah, hey, there's a lot of people on Apple, you know, a lot of people on phones just getting video games into people's hands that, you know, it's exciting, you know. Yeah. I think I mean, the term mobile game is going to get different because you're going to have people with an app that you can just stream stuff from the Xbox catalog. Yeah, like this is this is preparing to get pretty wild, and I'm surprised like Apple like kind of removed that for them like allowed them to like remove that considering like they i feel like apple arcade is a thing or at least it was or they want to maybe they're going to abandon apple arcade but 
No, I'm not on an Apple. I don't know how well it's been, but um, I don't know. I think on the mobile space, people want to play stuff for free and then get their put money in when they get loot boxes and stuff, or just go watch ads for free stuff. It's probably successful to a degree. Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea is that like it's a subscription service to play like very different like types of mobile games on phones, right? Like, yeah. The Pathless is on Apple Arcade. The Pathless being like their most recent release from uh, I forget the name of that studio, but like being I think made in the vein of a game like uh, Journey. Yeah. Even featuring uh, like the music of Austin Wintry. Trying to get to this. Uh... Yeah, Giant Squid. So the people who made like a studio made of people who made Journey and uh, Absu. Oh, oh, cool, cool, cool. Very good stuff. Hey, I'm a, I'm excited to when I get a good phone, I'm gonna start doing stuff with. I I got a five dollar a month phone that you know for two years, twelve months, it's like ended up being like uh, it's like two hundred, three hundred dollars, but it's like the slowest thing ever. It's like it's called an LG Stylo. Yeah, and it's like the bare minimum. I'll like be on Google Maps, and then I'll open a window and it'll like close Spotify. It's very Phones are getting weird. I don't know if I want to go to like Mint or something. I'm trying to ponder what to do with my phone life. But um, speaking of things that aren't phones, uh, we were talking about some Disney earlier in the show. We got some Warner Brothers news up for what they're doing with the HBO Max and how the their line of movies is going to come to streaming for uh, 2021. This is wild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat. There's the video game connection. <laughs> yeah, there, that, yeah, this uh, is how we tie the video game. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's coming out. I, man, this is Space like... Jam Legacy. Suicide Squad. Dune. Dune. The Matrix 4. Oh, man. I Is The Matrix 4 coming out December 22nd? 2021 yeah. who knows i mean it's it's listed there oh, it's, and huh. it's an interesting pool just lana wachowski is the only the other wachowski interesting it, i don't know it seems it seems wild to me that the idea that the fourth a fourth matrix movie is like a year away yeah Lily um, Wachowski's not working on it apparently. Um, yeah, so Mortal Kombat's twenty twenty one. That's been filming. Um, it's got the Black Ranger from the Power Rangers reboot, and got a lot of martial arts stuff. I'm very happy for that movie. Well, I would, I'm very excited. I would hope. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I can't. I mean, with this like news of this, I think this the idea that. They're just immediately bringing their like movie catalogs onto HBO Max for I think the news is like for a month, right? It's thirty days. Like, the month early. I wonder if you if you just subscribe to HBO Max, are you going to watch these movies, or if you have Max, do you have to pay to like rent it or something? I don't think they're going to do like a premium, a premium uh, service, a premium access that like Disney did with Mulan. I think they yeah. would have said as much. I it's not in this like graph here. So I think their idea is 30 days, they leave the service and then they're going to get like the traditional rollout as far as 
you know, like DVD and Blu-ray releases. Yeah. I, um, this list doesn't have Wonder Woman 1984, but I think that was coming to HBO it Max. It is. It's coming to HBO Max uh, on is Christmas. Christmas Day? Yeah, I think it's, it's like Christmas, Christmas Eve Day. or Christmas Day. Everyone wants Wonder Woman movie for Christmas. Families I mean, are home. They can stream it. They don't have to leave your house. It's a perfect, the best, the best business move. Yeah, right no, there. I, I mean, I can't. Yeah, I can't wait. You know, next Christmas we'll all be gathered. We'll be sitting around the fire. We'll be opening up our. Oh dang it! It's October first, not December. Dang it! Never mind. I was gonna say I can't wait to like explain Dune to my relatives during our <laughs> next Christmas gathering, but that's in October. That ain't that ain't gonna be on HBO Max in December. Oh, that's a bummer. Apparently, they're still working on the Snyder Cut. I just I was curious about it God. when it was coming out. Four one-hour installments in 2021. God, I don't. I don't, I don't know if I care about Zack Snyder movies anymore. I don't. I don't. I just think. I, don't it, think I just it. think it's great that like. We spent actual, you know, like actual years um, just <laughs> harassing entertainment reporters to like ask questions about the Snyder Cut. And everyone was so convinced it exists. And now they're making it. So it never existed. Yeah. Uh, but because they're making it and we have trailers <laughs> for it, nobody has ever taken the time to reflect on the fact that hmm, maybe being annoying for the better part of like a year and a half to people on the internet about these Snyder cut wasn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's strange. I'm losing my voice a little. Tom and Jerry reboot. Hey, Oh, it's live action. Is this the cool. many saints of Newark? Is this a, Oh, it's a Sopranos thing. I yeah, thought it was a, um, Soprano in Godfather. I thought it was or, a boondock saints. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah borrow that kind of look boondock saints 3 still hasn't come out yet I, those movies are if we were talking about edgy cyberpunk oh, stuff for like middle schoolers and high schoolers that's what the boondock saints is it's just cool guys doing cool stuff 80s movies um i'm gonna grow i'm gonna go on to this other thing there was some yeah, where all right lightning round you ready austin pew pew lightning round <laughs> Next Bioshock could have sandbox PG stuff, maybe. It's from Michael Crichton, Escapist Magazine. I guess um, there are some postings for um, Cloud Chamber for uh, a game AI programmer and lead designer. I think there are some rumors coming out that they want to do an interactive world system, which, I don't know, that could be a neat step next for Bioshock which those three games are mostly linear but they always yeah. had like you're kind of exploring areas in a linear like system yeah and like I think like Infinite in a real way sold itself on like an interactivity and systems that were not in that final game yeah I remember that Crowback Cat did a really good video on it if you watch it or Crowbar Cat yeah, because I remember, I, I remember seeing that stuff. I was not like into Bioshock at the time, but like when I played Infinite, I remember like really liking it at the time. Even though like I would not hold that same opinion now. Um, a little, a little 
it, there's a lot of weird stuff in that. In there's Infinite. a lot of stuff in that. But I do think the DLC, like the DLC chapters where you go through Rapture, are pretty oh, yeah. all right. Have you played? Did you go back and play the first Bioshock? I did. Um, it's bad. Yeah, I story wise, it's one of it's a game set in the sixties with a lot of stuff going on about classism and stuff. But gameplay wise, I I love Bioshock One. Like I think the world is so creepy and exploring it and the gunplay and using your plasmids and stuff. I'm really into that. But that's because like I played it when it released and there was like nothing like Bioshock and I didn't. I never played System Shock on PC. So as like a console player, I was like, I've never played a game like this. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, Bioshock like, 2, really cool, underrated. You can dual-wield plasmids and, <laughs> and weapons. Yeah, I remember like the thing about Bioshock 2 is I know people are pretty take or, like, take or leave it with like the main story, but people really like the Minerva's Den DLC. I never played it actually. I I kept hearing because they went on to do uh, Tacoma, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that was that was made by the group of people who formed Fulbright and would later make Gone Home and Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's cool stuff. And then J.J. Uh, Abrams' Bad Robot is launching their uh, internal game studio, head by one of the Left 4 Dead four creators. God, just Left 4 Dead creators. I keep skipping Left 4 Dead three, Austin. Uh, I mean, you know. Yeah. Let's see who's the name. It's Michael Booth. That's a. Is that the? Is that his name in Arrested Development too? It's Bluth, not Bluth. Yeah, that's. I, I was just like, all right. Anyway, but that's cool. Hey, I think JJ Abrams could get into some video games. I. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean. His yeah. studio, not really as much Abrams himself. Yeah, and I think I think Bad Robot could be a place to turn out some stuff that ranges from perfectly fine to moderately interesting. Yeah, and quite frankly, you know, it's it's good to see. I would say it's good to see like new studios popping up okay. outside of like the traditional like uh, publishing structure that we see in games. Yeah, diversify the market. Maybe we'll see something in three years. Maybe we'll see something in five. Depends on the game. They say they want to do something co-op and storytelling with some immersive for players and streaming audiences. But you know, who knows what they're actually going to be? I I see a lot of. I'm excited for stuff when they talk about cool co-op stuff. So we'll see if it comes through with that. You know. Woo. I think that's it for news this week. Um, yeah. Shout yeah, outs. Lots of stuff going on this week. Yeah, there's so Christmas much. is coming up. Holidays. Kwanzaa. I think Hanukkah might have started already. Hanukkah has started. So I'm ready for the holidays. Uh, we'll probably be coming back January 3rd. I think is the date we're talking about. I think that's a Sunday. Taking two weeks off. Yeah. Take two weeks off, you know, just sort of go through the holiday season. Probably put far too much far too much time into cyberpunk. Is it undeserved time? I don't know. Probably. <sighs> Probably, but sometimes these games come out, and I will like. <sighs> 
just explore them because it's an open world and not focus on the story as much. Like when I played Fallout, I was mostly doing, I did side quests for the majority of that game. And then I would go, oh, I guess it's time to do the main quest. I've run out of side stuff to do. I mean, yeah, that's like that's what these games want you to do. You know, that's how you get like, no, I've played 175 hours of the game and haven't finished. Uh, and whereas I'm like, I'm more immersed. I'm playing my character in side quests and getting that experience. Or I'm living in the world. Anyway, all right, uh, we're, we'll be back. Uh, we got gaming impressions coming up as well at some point. Uh, where can people find you at, Austin? Uh, if you are so inclined, you can find me at on Twitter at Beardless2, T-W-O. I'm at uh, Twitter as well. It's Travis23Doyle. Catch y'all next week. It was, it was a pleasure. Thanks for seeing me, Austin. Mel you later.